Boom. Hello and welcome to the Executive Protection Lifestyle Podcast Season 3 with your host, Byron Rogers. This podcast is dedicated to the executive protection practitioner, the private security professional. In this podcast, we're going to talk about the mental, emotional, psychological, physiological fitness that goes into being an efficient and effective executive protection agent. Whether you're in law enforcement, whether you're a mom that's looking at how to protect her children or a father that's focused on how to protect his family, I believe this podcast has something for all of you. We might even get into some tales from the crypts of true Hollywood stories from time to time. I'm doing this podcast because I feel the reality of this job is simple. If you really want to be good at executive protection, it's more than just a job. It really is a lifestyle. And those of you who've been in the game for any serious amount of time, you already know what I'm saying is true. So if that sounds interesting to you, enjoy the show. Out. Boom. And for those of you who don't know, the Protector Nation has put out a free training manual, a free training manual for protectors, law enforcement, professional protectors, uh, responsible civilians, a free training manual put together by the best trainers in the world, the people that we've had at the symposiums, all of those instructors have put together a free training manual for you guys to all download right now. If you just go to goprotectornation.com, that's goprotectornation.com, you can download a free training manual right now and learn from some of the best of the best at the comfort of your own home. Go to goprotectornation.com and download. It's an amazing asset that we put there for you guys to make the world a safer place by helping good people become more dangerous. Now, enjoy the podcast. Boom. Boom. What's up, you guys? Byron Rogers here coming at you with another episode of the Executive Protection Lifestyle Podcast. I'm hanging with Mehdi Rabi'i. He is an executive protection practitioner who's been in the game a long time and who I have lots of respect for. He's done a lot of things at the top of the game, and I can't wait to dig into it. How you doing, brother? Good, man. Let's do it. Yeah, man. No, it's... it's uh. I mean, I guess Ryan Atkinson connected us a while back is how that happened, huh? Yeah. Yeah, man. And Ryan's another Titan in the game. He's been on the podcast. He's a few episodes back. I think he's season two. We dug into a lot of things uh, with him and he's and kind of from the same space, you know, the uh, music and he's been with some celebs, a lot of celebs and things like that. Right. Yeah, the music world is surprisingly small for the security folks. I, I would say it's maybe two dozen at the most. I could name most of them off the top of my head. We we talk, probably I'd say 20 of us, 20 of the two dozen probably talk on a consistent basis. We share notes and stuff. And Ryan is in a part of that very, very small uh, community of guys. And quite honestly, like we came across each other, uh, uh, a lifetime ago, I covered him for a tour, uh, with good Charlotte. Uh, and I did one run. I don't even say that I worked for those guys. You know, there's a lot of guys that will say, you know, I, I covered a table for somebody or I did something like, Oh, I toured with those guys. Yeah. Technically I did one tour with them. Yes. I was, you know, on their bus, but, but Ryan was their guy and I was just filling in for him while he was uh, unavailable. And we, we connected really quickly. We got in a, uh, some physical altercations with some fans very quickly. That's a very, yeah, that very quickly, you know, like, uh, blood is what bonds you. And then very quickly, Ryan and I became uh, very close friends. I'd say that was over a decade ago and, uh, we've continued our relationship 
yeah, this entire time. He's actually helping me uh, working at uh, uh, Knife Design. And the uh, first person I called was to call Ryan and be like, hey, man, I have an idea for this, but I need to do this. And I'm worried about heat treatment. And he had some instant suggestions on, on how it's done. And yeah, continue our friendship. Absolutely. Yeah, no, 100%. He's a solid guy. He's doing some, some training stuff now. I, I saw him doing some kind of kind of like Ed Calderon, kind of off the beaten path, but um, very effective, especially if you're traveling and things like that type of counter custody kind of stuff, I think. Yeah. Um, and if you guys are looking for some good, uh, someone who understands blades, Ryan's always been that guy, man. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Like it's a tool, but Ryan is, uh, I think since we, uh, this time at home, he's, he's taken it to an art form. Uh, yeah. and, and he, just like anything else, it could be, uh, algebra, riding a bike, shooting three gun, whatever it is. You've got to spend the time, the hours, you got to put the 300 minimum hours into whatever it is you want to get better at. And, uh, by all means, man, Ryan's putting at least 300 hours on it. So yeah. Right. Yeah. No, that's what's up, man. Well, awesome, brother. So digging into you a little bit more, man, uh, with my favorite question, my come out question, who, who's the man behind the miles you know, the road trips, the yeah. stages, who's the man behind the work? Who are you at your core? You know, it's a, it's an interesting question. I would, the first word that pops into my head is caregiver, you know, cause I was a, I was an EMT first. I went into, my idea was to go into secret service, but be on one of those secondary rings of protection and being a medic was where you would be. Uh, my mom was a nurse. I came from a medical background. So the understanding of taking care of people and that kind of stuff. And uh, so early on, even before I started doing uh, tour security, uh, I was an EMT. Uh, and so I worked on an ambulance in San Francisco and Santa Clara County. Uh, and uh, that part of it, that dynamic uh, always carries with me. So I'd say at my core, uh, I'm a caregiver. I've, I've honestly, I've choked people out and uh, given them a bottle of water afterwards. You know, like I put a guy on the ground and said, listen, we're going to get up. You're going to tell me to fuck off and then you're going to leave. You know, and you give them those outs, you have to control them and dominate them for that moment to be able to give them that explanation. And that video I sent you just now was kind of a, an, an explanation. You can see I kind of tower over the guy, hold on to him, explain something to him, and then walk him off. And like, there's never a time where I'm, that person's getting hurt, you know. So, you know, in the, in the private security world, you're not harming people. You know, there's never a time, a good way to put your hands on somebody. If people say they do it, they're lying to you. You know, the reality is, is you have to find a way to render those people harmless. Right. And it's a fine line, you know, because you have to put hands on them. You have to get physical, right? But how do you do that? There's no right way to do it. There's the least wrong way, right? And you can struggle and strive to always find the least wrong way to put your hands on somebody. But at the end of the day, if you can make that person harmless, without harming them, uh, you fucking win. You know, that's a no paper day. You know, like, I don't know if you know, like when you have to write an incident report, but right. yeah, a no paper day is a win. And so for me, uh, uh, being a caregiver, even though you're putting hands on somebody, you're still taking care of them. Um, I think it also lends into, uh, I did a tour where they sent me back to EMT school so that I could do uh, shots and IVs and uh, what's called continuity of care. So let's yeah. say you're, you're my doctor and you say, Medi, I need you to take care of these guys. Uh, I don't want them to see some doctor on the road. I don't want them taking medicines they're not supposed to take. You, I'm going to send you out with a kit 
that kid's going to have the medicine that they need. They can take number 21. They can have two of those at two o'clock and four of those at eight o'clock. If you need something else, call me first. You know, so what the doctors would do is send me off with this kit. Uh, the kit would have all kinds of stuff in there for them. Uh, uh, if they needed something additional, like a B12 shot, they would FedEx that out to me. I crack open that B12 shot and that bottle has enough to, uh, give shots to a dozen people, but two band members need it. So what I would do is give the rest of it to the crew, you know, so I'm not only taking care of the band. I'm also taking care of the crew guys and making sure they're healthy because, you know, that musician is not going to be able to play that song unless that technician is there making sure his guitar is ready. Yeah, right. Yeah. And so you're, you're caregiving and you're securing uh, not just the band, but the, the essential crew guys that, that need to be there that are essential function for the show. Yeah. Caregiver. Yeah, man. Sure. That's a very long winded answer for a caregiver. No, man, but it's, you had to paint the picture of me, man. You're yeah. Artist, you know what I'm saying? I love it. <laughs> and it's the reality of the situation. I think it's beautiful how you put that. Um, you know, I talk about going from warlord to guardian and how it's a different mission and how a lot of guys have to make this psychological transition. Yeah. You know, with the backgrounds we tend to come from civilians sometimes have an advantage in making that transition. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, you know, when you see uh, tactical medicine versus uh, emergency medicine that you would see domestically, uh, that's probably the best example of it. Uh, watching people uh, do things that can't come from a military background that don't have uh, malpractice insurance in the States and understand what it means. Right. You know, once you initiate care to somebody, you can't pass them off to somebody unless they have greater care than you, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I've seen a bunch of guys grab tourniquets for stuff that doesn't need a tourniquet, you know, and then like you, you, you want to, yeah. it's like, that's a burn. That's, yeah, yeah. That, there's no, there's no loss of blood, you know, it's okay. But that's yeah. the thing. People want to do something. Um, but uh, the, the line between uh, what you can do overseas and what you can do domestically uh, really falls there. And I feel like that's where uh, I've, I've landed as a civilian. I, I worked for the U S marshals coming out of uh, school but I uh, never served in the military. I have three Marines in my family, but uh, uh, I never served. And uh, uh, so I can take their lessons of how they would see stuff and go, we would never do that here. Um, and that's what we try to teach is what you can do uh, for your client and not get sued and not get your client sued. You know, do no harm is the first thing that every medic, every, every doctor, every nurse learns is to do no harm. But at the same time, uh, there's a financial aspect to it and the priority of care matters and how many people you're taking care of and who you're going to put hands on. Is that person going to sue you later? You know, that kind of thing. Uh, are you even allowed to care for somebody in that country? You know, that becomes an issue sometimes. Uh, um, I had when we were at an award show and uh, a girl, like a production assistant, got burnt by a coffee pot. And you can hear screaming and you can hear people running for medics. And I'm posted at my door, you know, my, my kit's on the other side of the door and I'm itching, you know, like I want to help, but I, mean, I can't. Yeah. You know, I can't, I got to stay where my, and my client goes, she goes, you want to go, don't you? I go, it's not about what I want. She goes, well, I want you to go. And she goes inside, grabs my bag, hands it to me. She goes, yeah, she goes, I'm going to lock the door till you get back. I'm like, okay. And it's, it's a weird, then, then you have to go, you know, that's yeah. a different thing, you know? Yeah, no, that's beautiful, man. Uh, I think it's, it's, that's outstanding information. And I, and I posted a video recently of a little girl that was drowning at a pool party. 
Uh, fortunately, she made it. Thank God for the first responders and the job they did. Yeah. Uh, the point of the whole video was, you know, a lot of protectors focus just on uh, the violence and being able to deal with violence, which is really important. But I think yeah. it's the two sides to this coin. You know, we yeah. must be well-versed on both sides, the dark side and the light side, we'll just call it for sake of conversation and being able to do those, those saving life with the tool of violence and then also saving life with the tool of medicine. And the other huge parallel is there's like a fight after the fight, you know, on yeah. both of those tools, you know, so you've yeah. got to be thinking all the way through the equation yeah. as you're working the problem in front of you with yeah. both of those tools. So there's a level of competency that we must have with regards to both of these skills protectors. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a balancing act. Do I, yeah. do I go, I always say it's like, uh, like having the firearm, it's the nuclear option on your belt, right? Like you can, it's there, right? You can take it anytime, but once you take it, understand the gravity of what comes with it, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. Right. That's huge. Yeah. Actually. Let's, and then the other thing you said that was really good that I wanted to, to kind of draw some attention to was, you know, making your enemy harmless without harming them or making the attacker harmless without harming them. Um, I think that's beautiful. It's one of the moments when I really realized I was perfect for this job was, uh, you know, I, 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 I found myself bouncing and doing the exact same thing, you know, like not emotional, all about professionalism, no matter how crazy the fight's getting, my mission stays yeah. professional. I get the guy with the least amount of violence and I'm just, I'm working. You know what I mean? Like he's yeah. swinging, I'm working. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I'm controlling him and I'm dealing yeah. with him, talking to him. And I'm like his friend that's fighting him. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm getting him to the door and whatever. And I'm like relating with him and stuff. And like, yeah. cool. And I'm releasing him. And um, it was, it, it, for me, it was always like, it's like this equation that we're solving. I'm just like working on a Rubik's cube, you know? That's it. That's um, it. But, What's he going to do next? What do you go? Oh, oh, you're going there. Okay. Okay. <laughs> exactly. We'll do that. Yeah. Yeah. The beauty of it is when you, you, you've exhausted his options and he, you, it's almost, it's not love, but it's like, it's like, you're not in this emotional state with him and it's just enough violence yeah, to stop his violence and then let him walk away completely as unscathed as possible. And uh, you protected the environment, you protected him, you protected the person that, he, yeah. that he's been going after. And I think that was the mark of a professional. And then I thought back through my life through different physical altercations that I've been in. And I've always kind of been like that. It's been just enough to get it to stop. And yeah. it's always been, you know, let's get through this situation as safely for everyone as possible, you know? Um, yeah. I think that's really one of the marks of a professional one. It's not about being a tough guy or no. things yeah. for that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, you know, uh, you got to let a man be a man. Right. You know, that's why I like giving, giving him that out, you know, and, and I've given that out. Fuck, no less than 500 easily 500 times you know yeah. i've had them throw that bottle in my face i've had them cry and give me a hug i've had them come back with with dinner for the crew guys of the you know like that's epic the, work the, man that's a sign of good work man right when they bring you food you know you're yeah. like okay or like that we had a guy would bring us cookies like he would come back every week with a box and the first time we're not fucking eating these you know and yeah, like yeah yeah no one yeah the one of the girls like those cookies are really good so every week the dude brought us cookies yeah and all i did was you know i put my hands on him but not in a way that emasculated him but in a way where he was still controlled and then gave him an out gave him the water we had a talk you know and again i've had that water thrown in my face i've had a guy say fuck you and hit me and throw the bottle and walk away but you know you uh you put yourself 
that's it. You don't want to humiliate people. You don't want to make a man or even a woman feel less, less than a woman, less than a person, less than a human being. You know, uh, everybody has a soul and a story and, and, yeah, you, can, you know, yeah, I think, uh, you know what, uh, you're a father, you know, so, uh, me being a, a father changed how I go into fights. I don't know if that changed for you at all, but I scold people, man. I'm like, what are you? <laughs> yeah, what? That daddy, that daddy that, right. But it's like, what are you doing? You yeah. understand, you know, like, and where before yeah. I didn't, I didn't have that patience or the way to talk, but, but I love my daughters and they've yeah. taught me, they've made me a better professional just in the way that I, there's no not being patient with them. And, you know, another thing too, I'd say probably working on an ambulance, a lot of what you do is, is the old and the infirm. And so you wait for a person to load on a gurney or you're like, let's go, let's go, let's go. You're always hustling. The clock's running, the lights are flashing you get that person in and you've got to slow everything down and as much as amped up as you are. And, and I was 22, you know, I was as amped as I could be uh, waiting for that 96 year old lady to, to get on the gurney and her skin's weak and her bones are brittle and you have to be patient. You have yeah. to be patient, you know, and it teaches you, I feel like uh, the clubs and uh, mostly the clubs kind of gives you the microcosm of what all humanity does, but being on an ambulance. Uh, that's you, a really you, good analogy, actually. It is. And I, 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 I can't take credit for it. It was uh, the author of the 25th hour said it because he was a bouncer. Uh, and a lot of the story kind of gears towards that, but he said uh, he would work at a nightclub or a bar during the day because yeah. he was a bartender and the bouncer. Cause that's all they could afford. Yeah. And, and he would have these situations where there was nobody to help him. And he still got to watch the till and he still got to throw a guy out. And the early drinkers are the, uh, the or the professional drinkers, you know, with the, with the shaky hands and stuff. And uh, yeah, yeah, he said it was, a, it was a microcosm for the whole universe. You know, That's the. So interesting. Yeah. Yeah, man. Because people just get basic. They get to their like primal natures by the end of the night, you know? That's it. <laughs> That's like, it. Food, water. Ah, give yeah. me that, you know? Fighting, sex, like yeah. going after That's it. That's it. Night, man. man, we used to have a thing uh, called the 12 o'clock guy, where yeah. by, by midnight, if we didn't throw somebody out of the club, we would look around for the guy that was the wallflower that wasn't buying drinks or whatever. And we would drag him all the way out the club because it yeah. kind of set an example or set the tone that this is how it was going to be in the place. And man, uh, our owner would come in. He's like, yeah, I got a call from the 12 o'clock guy last night. Turns out he didn't do anything wrong. You know, like that would come up all the time. <laughs> <laughs> got to make a statement. Got to set the tone. Ladies you got to set the tone for the night. That's it. The midnight guy was always, man, you did not want to be that guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. The tactics, man. The tactics. Yeah. There's levels to this stuff, y'all. Yeah. Oh, it's it, it's right? a chess game, man. It's a chess game fucking with drunk people. Right. I've said this to you a bunch of times. I'm going to say it again. I wish every EP agent had to go through bouncing or go on tour before they make it to whatever corporate or whatever kind of client they're dealing with. You yeah. know what I mean? Because it yeah. just gives you, you can deal with that environment. You can deal with the alcohol and the drugs and the lack of logic in there and ridiculousness and that that 300 pound, you know, chick that if you come in correct, she might knock you out. <laughs> you know or dragging her out while her clothes are falling <laughs> off and, you, know, I mean, like, you can do all that stuff then you can you know walk around and do your work everything else that's a, yeah, everything else is easier 
Yeah, yeah. And it's a hyper it's a it's an active environment, man. There's always something going if you're right. at a club or even at a dive bar, man. Like you, yeah. you can get some good security training. Yeah, I yeah. Guys, I watched I watched the, one of the best fights at a dive bar. The the girl, uh, she was a cocktail waitress, also a dancer on this thing in Lake Elsinore, and uh, she dances the thing. Uh, pour some drinks. Some guys come in. She recognizes one of them as like a, a guy that starts shit. She tells them to get out. They get into it. She grabs the push broom in her lingerie and push brooms the guy out the door. Like a dozen guys are like, yeah, we'll help. We'll help. You know, like sit the fuck down. This ain't your job. And she like in the heels push brooms the guy out the door. And I was like, I looked at like, was the best thing i've ever seen it was simple effective you yeah. know the yeah. least amount the least amount of force applied you know yeah 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 and his like masculinity wouldn't let him like fight her like, you can't fight a girl in lingerie you can't you yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's that's good stuff okay let's see here boom so your guy's up on stage He's doing his thing. Green Day's rocking the house. So there's a dozen security guys down in that pit already. This guy gets past at least a dozen security guys. So he, the guy's just down there in the pit, like, yeah, yeah, way, <laughs> sneak it or sneaking in. Boom. Was that you that came from left to right? Yeah, with the short. So that was early enough. This is probably 2005 where I didn't wear all black. You wear all black from now. Show blacks is a is a standard. And most guys have seen this video are like, what the fuck are you doing with shorts? Boom. Yeah, I know, right? Like the takedown, man. You came out of nowhere. This is like an NFL highlight video, my man. <laughs> and boom, he's just, and he's down. But right here... And this is important, right? And so you see, I'm, I'm, I'm holding him. I'm checking to make sure he's okay. We've got explosives and pyro on stage. The first thing I'm, I'm yelling in this guy's ears: "You're not in trouble. There's pyro on stage. You'll burn." And then I emphasize, "You'll burn," right? So that he understands he's not in trouble, right? right? There's something dangerous and the risk to him, right? So his next action after I tell him that's going to dictate what my next action is, right? So I've given him some very simple commands, most importantly, that he's not in trouble, right? Or I, you know, I might've said, you know, you're not arrested, you're not in trouble. You make it very simple that, that I'm just here to help you. Obviously, I just freight trained you, so I'm not really here to help you, but at the same time, listen, right? Yeah, which de-escalates him, calms him down, you know, so you can get a little lot more out of that fight or flight mode if possible. Yeah. And then he can work with you. You guys can work together to get him back to a safe place. That's it. That's it. Solid. And then he's down. Looks like he's complying at this point and he lets yeah. you guys just pick him up. And yeah. And you can see, yeah, the other guy broke off. It's just me holding him. The lead singer checks on me, pats me and makes sure he's okay. Now, the thing I'll say about this particular person, uh, they're a punk, they're a punk rock band. They invite people on stage. They have, uh, and that's where my space has been, you know, it's rock and roll and, uh, yeah. general audiences. And so there was a mosh pit going the whole time. People are coming over that barricade all night. We're catching a uh, hundred kids coming okay. over that barricade. Um, but once they get on stage, like I said, there is pyro up there. It's a dangerous place. We can't have it. And that, that moment where you stopped it, you can see I'm kind of just holding that. I'm 6'5", so you can, you know, I, yeah. I can tower over people. But I'm just talking to him at that point in his ear saying, hey, man, be cool, be cool. And you can see everybody's got an arm out. He's not getting roughed up. He's walking. I'm walking. Everybody's checking on him. Somebody else meets me. And then it's, it's back to the show. Yeah, man. And I love that, too. Uh, another question. 
Because, yeah, he walked off. Your social dynamics and the way you dealt with him was perfect. He walked off. You didn't have to, like, literally, like, drag him off the stage or anything crazy. Right. Um, uh, my main my main man, Senior, gave him a little five on the way in. And he was yeah. so good with it. Talk a little bit about what happens when these guys get on platforms. I think a lot of, you know, on the civilian side, they see these videos of people get on stage, security guy, boom, takes them down or whatever. And they probably think that it's like this crazy thing. But like, there's a client psychology that I've ran into once these folks make it on stage, you know, like how, how did your artists deal with it? Or how do you see artists deal with it? Like I, sometimes I see the good guy, bad guy thing. Uh, what is that like sometimes uh, when, when people make it on stage, the aftermath of that? Uh, so it's, it's quick because it all happens so fast, right? And so you have to, in a split second, make a decision. Uh, we've had talks with the artists about expectations, right? And I think uh, we, could, we could go back a second and just talk about as soon as I come in and I meet a client, I want to know, I said, are we signing autographs? Are we doing this? Like, I want to, I like to yeah. say no. Right. I want to say no. And then if you feel like saying yes, say yes. And if you don't feel like saying shit, we're going to keep walking because I, I was already the bad guy. So we'll go through a dynamic. And absolutely, if a band has uh, people that that mosh and people that uh, crowd surf, they're going to get on stage. It's an eventuality, even if they don't like I uh, uh, Kid Rock is another guy I work for. We had a girl just wants to kiss him. It's not necessarily a threat, but there's dangerous, dangerous things on that stage. Right. And so you have to have a conversation uh, about it. And, and uh, that one uh, specific, I didn't talk to Bob about it. And uh, he felt me running on the stage. And so we talked about it afterwards. He goes, I'd never felt that much shaking. Cause again, I'm 246, So I'm running and you're going to feel it. Boom, 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 right. And so he froze up and he told me, he goes, he goes, that's what I'll do is he goes, I'll go, I'll go stiff and, and, uh, don't hurt me. You know, that's the thing I've, I worked for, uh, an English artist that was tackled. Uh, I've had a bunch of times where, uh, I've had to replace a security guy on a tour. And so this was one of those where a guy let somebody on stage, the artist got tackled and he broke ribs cause he fell into that barricade. It's a very dangerous thing to let somebody on that stage, you know? And so the conversations again, like anything else, it's almost like dry fire, you know, like, we're going to talk about it ahead of time. We're going to play around with it. We're going to have one of the techs run on stage. We're going to understand the dynamic, how many steps it takes for, for me to get to where his microphone is, to where my standing position is uh, on three different spots on the stage. So I know how many paces it's going to take and how many seconds it'll take for me to get there. You know, um, So we talk about those things. But really, at the end of the day, every one of those fans is our patron. You know, and so as much as as much as that person for a moment is a threat, yes. very quickly they become they go back to being that patron, you know, and you have to you have that's it. And and that guy pays my salary, you know, uh he pays everybody's salaries. He's buying merch, he's buying the tickets, he's doing that stuff. So as much as he got excited, if there is a threat, we'll address it, you know. But you know, a girl wants a kiss or a guy wants a guitar pick. He sees one land on the stage and he's just got to have it. You know, uh, mm -hmm. I can appreciate that guy. And that's why for that moment, when I take over, I'm going to tell you, this is what's going to happen. 
get up. You're not in trouble. We're going to walk off the stage and you can have that guitar pick. You know, I don't, that the thing means nothing to me. It means nothing to the band. The fact that he came up to get it. I respect those people a little bit. Cause you, yeah. you're going past a dozen security guys. Like, like you're going for it. Yeah, it's an arrest. Yeah. It's trespassing. It's all those things. Right. <laughs> right uh, yeah. They got to want it. And, uh, coming up with bands like green day and my chem and those guys they appreciate those fans and so you yeah. come to appreciate those fans because your artist tells you how important they are and how much time you spend and you see them line up a week ahead of time and you know the the venue's got a, a hockey game that next day and the kids are lining up trying to get on the floor of the day early so yeah. you show up and you get them hot chocolate and you do those things for them not because they're paying you or the band's paying you extra but because those are really your core fans the ones that are standing up front and usually by the end of the night you're the you're pulling those kids out of the barricade you know because they're passed out because they didn't eat they didn't drink any water they stood in front of that barricade it got really hot and they passed out you know so yeah. you end up taking care of those people as much as you do uh putting your hands on them well you put your hands on them both ways it's just one is helpful and one isn't that's yeah, the same two different sides of that coin man i love it yeah no, that's good stuff yeah and that's exactly what i wanted to get at is the reality that even that contact you're having with them when you do have to go hands-on is still representing your client your principal the exactly you right work for and you have to respect them as that patron that pays your bills. And you can't just be the tough guy that's like mad because he got on stage. Yeah, whatever, yeah, you know yeah. What I mean, and you have to realize that, hey, man, like that, this needs to be, you need, you're selling security because this is on camera. You need to, this needs to be sellable, explainable. Yeah. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And you need to be, you, yeah, you got to, got to be the bad guy, but you also need to make sure that that's done well. It's done right. You know what I mean? Because, you don't want your client getting in that green room with you afterwards and being like, dude, what was that about? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, like why yeah. were you like, why'd you yank that guy? Why'd you knock that dude out on stage? And you, you that's a great way to get sent home. And, we, <laughs> you know and I've had those talks, yeah, <laughs> you know, because you, you don't know, right. You don't, you know, you have uh, six guys get on stage and they're all just as big as you are, you know? And so that changes the dynamic substantially, you know? And so they might see you not get hit in the face three times and had see you throw one swing, you know, or like one, like I studied a keto for it all year. So I don't punch, you know, but, uh, I said that once, you know, uh, I had an investigator call me because oh, this guy's got a broken jaw. I go, I don't punch. I'm an Aikido guy. If he had a broken wrist, I might be your guy. I said, but it wasn't, <laughs> you know, but it wasn't me. Um, yeah. But, you know, you do something uh, and somebody sees that last moment of it. It's never the guy that punches you. Everybody sees you punch the guy back yeah, and times 10,000, 20,000 people on stage or whatever it is, you know, uh, and they've all got their cameras out. You know, all of these shots, these are all like, uh, kids took you know out in the audience so, so it's yeah. one of those things where you realize very quickly that uh that guy's lawyer is standing right here and your lawyer is standing right here like the way you act is both lawyers are standing right there you know like you saying i'm here to help you stop resisting me you know when you're working is a very very good way to not get sued yeah so that security man the fight after the fight yeah the real things man i like that a lot the fight after the fight because that one's a lot longer than the first one yeah man 100 percent. so how did you get into this game my man how did it start for you 
So my first security job was for a company called Staff Pro in Southern California. They're like the Yellow Jackets, right? Okay. And I was uh, I was seventeen. Here. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah. I was uh, I was seventeen. They were hiring guys for the where the Mighty Ducks or now they're the Ducks. At the time, yeah. it was the Arrowhead Pond. It's the Honda Center. Uh, so the very first security job I had was working the visitors penalty box uh, at the Arrowhead uh, Arena in Anaheim. And my indoctrination into uh, crowd management came there. Like a perfect example, like uh, Disney, uh, they don't know, you know, expansion team, uh, the Red Wings come play, a kid throws an octopus or a squid because that's a, a traditional thing. Mm -hmm. They arrest him. We arrest him. You know, like we don't know. And, and we call his dad, his dad screaming profanities that this is a tradition. And, and this is, this is before phones, this is beeper time. Right. So there's no Googling this. We've got to ask enough old guys. Is this a thing? Cause like, again, like what's the, uh, what's the threat in somebody throwing an octopus or a squid, a dead one, you know, onto the ice, but it's a tradition and blah, blah, blah. I mean, so you learn these things very quickly. And, uh, that arena had the RNC and uh, secret service did background checks on everybody. And I, I got to spend a week working with those guys doing the advance with them. I met Bush senior and Barbara, I was in an elevator with them and, uh, they're both agents. And then we walked out to the motorcade. Uh, I was 20 in, in that, in that elevator. I had the key for the elevator. I had my suit that I bought the day before. My mom had to give me some money for it, you know, okay, I'm, in there with, know I'm, I'm in there with, uh, you know, a former president, the wife, two secret service agents. Yeah. The, the car pulls up, it stops. Barbara leans forward, waves. Uh -huh. And I look and it's like a row of cops and secret service guys. And I don't know who she's waving at. And I didn't want to be rude. Right. So I wave and then uh, Bush senior waves. And then Kevin Adams, uh, the agent is now retired. He waves like in a real funny way. And the car takes off. He calls me later. We talked about it. He's like, you were well liked. Uh, if you have any questions about what you want to do with your career, blah, blah, blah. Let me know. Um, and then that was my path. I, I went to school. Uh, I didn't do drugs. I didn't uh, drink a lot. I worked out. I did all the things to get into Secret Service. Yeah. Uh, and then 9-11 uh, happened. And they started to retain. Uh, at the time, I was uh, an EMT uh, interviewing for San Francisco Fire to become a paramedic. And uh, they did a hold on everybody that was in the application process because 9-11 happened. They were retaining, uh, and rightfully so, all of the senior staff that was about to retire. They said, we're going to hold on to these guys for a year. This was the openings that we had. We're going to keep you guys active. Once we figure everything out, you're the next academy that goes in. Yeah. In that time, uh, I had started my own security company. It was very quick, a couple of months. Uh, I picked up Fox uh, at the uh, Pac Bell Park at the time. I was in San Francisco finishing my degree. This is happening. This is 21 now. Yeah, 21. Uh, no, no. Uh, sorry, 20, 20. No, no. I'm in San Francisco now, so 24. 20, 23. You got your own security company. You picked up Fox. Fox. Best Damn Sports Show was my first client. My man, at yeah. 24. Yeah. Yo, you're the golden kid, man. Yeah. Running uh six different nightclubs in the San Francisco Bay Area, all their security Dude. guys, just killing it. You know, working three nights a week, paying off my student debt, you know, like trying, just just hustling, just hustling, you know. Man, that's awesome. I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. And at uh, and then I had a day job 
uh, working yeah. at uh, Lucent Technologies, uh, doing uh, internetworking. I was a tech consultant, so building uh, uh, LAN-WAN networks uh, over the phone for people. Like my group built the telco system that, uh, like Pakistan, connects to the internet. We sold them those switches while I was working there. Like that's the only claim to fame is if you're on the internet in Pakistan, it's because somebody in my group sold them a switch. Because you my know? man sold y'all <laughs> switches. That man, you're smart. That's impressive. Yeah. yeah. So was doing that and uh it just took off i had guys working for me i had u.s marshals working for me san francisco sheriffs and in san francisco the sheriffs only run the jails so i had some San badass dudes working for me and i had a guy got on tour he just had a kid and i told him i said he just had a kid he's never toured before like we want this guy nobody else this is the guy we want i'm like oh tried to tell him (laughs) you got it you got it you customers you know the client's always right so give me the big guy like a man genie in a bottle but i tried to tell you (laughs) i tried i tried and uh it didn't work out you know he's on the phone talking to the wife uh he comes downstairs she calls again he's got to go back upstairs you know and the band's like, what, what's going on? So I get a call from management who I'd never spoken to. I spoke to a tour manager yeah. and in the, we can talk about that later if you want, how the touring world is kind of laid out. So management's uh, hardly ever out, but uh, so I get a call from management and they're berating me about this person. I'm like, who, who am I talking to? Like a couple of people are chiming. I'm like, who's on the phone? So it's a conference call. And uh, they say, you know, we really expected uh, a level of excellence that was closer to what you are. Well, I'm like, and I'm trying not to curse, you know, because it's the crutch of the inarticulate. But God damn it, these people are fucking stupid. You know, I told I fucking I fucking told you this guy does not tour. He's too big to fit in the bunk. He's too he's six ten, three, you know. On you, bro. <laughs> yeah, I just want the big guy. Give me the big guy, right? So oh you got the big guy and he doesn't fit. And you gotta buy him first class tickets and you gotta, you know, like all of these problems that you want the big guy. The IQ to do with these type of like you know, the soft hands and the thing and the deal. No, that's it. Uh, you gotta learn that stuff. This guy had a slap too that he could come up and kind of pop you under the chin yeah. and knock you out. Like and yeah, not even like hard knockout dudes. Yeah, just a pop. Oh, it was beautiful. It was just yeah. like one of those like and I and I love the guy to death, you know, and yeah, it was yeah, just yeah. bad timing. So yeah. they uh they call and I said, I don't tour. I, I had plenty to do. Uh the money that they were offering was pretty much what I was making at the time. You know, I'm like, it doesn't benefit me in any way. You guys already have a bad taste. Let me recommend three guys. I I always recommend three guys. Let me yeah. get you three guys. They're all technically proficient. And based on personality, you'll like one over the other two. Right. Yeah. And they said, Great, make yourself one of them and come on down to rehearsals and we'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. And it's not what I want to do. So, like, I went in there, like, <sighs> here we go. <laughs> ah, so, your feet. Ah. Right. So, now two of my friends who I really want to get the job come with me, right? Or, you know, uh, colleagues of mine. Uh, they don't get it. We don't, nobody hears anything. You know, we all have lunch and stuff. And uh, oh. uh, a month, like, a month goes by, six weeks goes by. And then he goes, hey, he goes, I need a copy of your passport. I'm like, why? He goes, oh, we're taking you out on that tour. I said, I told you I don't tour. You know, yeah, and they're like, yeah, 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 but give us your passport because we're taking you out on the thing. right. They're like, well, just go to us for clients. It's just fine. It's fine. Right, right. right. Just <laughs> and that's the thing. They don't take no for an answer, right? Yeah, so I absolutely. said, this is my rate to leave the house. Yeah, if, and it was if, just like one of those like, 
leave or pay me this kind of rates. <laughs> no, and, 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 and like I said, the other two guys are great. They will absolutely work for that rate while they're tour, hardened tour professionals, you know, yeah. they're like, just come out, figure out the system and then put whoever you want on it. And then seven years later, you know, I'm still with those guys, you know, like it was one of those things where, uh, they came up, uh, very quickly. And so as the tour went from big theaters to arenas to stadiums, uh, I had to learn, uh, as they, as the logistics became bigger, um, it's not just doubling guys, you know, you've got to worry about overtime and you've got to worry about breaks and their lunches and times 350 guys and the passes that get made and the block. And so it starts to go, your barricade breaks and nobody knows how to do anything. So you go to the company Mojo, we went to Mojo and and took a barricade class. I'm certified to to work on barricade, you know, like all of the things that I learned along the way, uh, uh, how to fix barricade when it breaks, that's not my job. Like I'm a security guy, but if I don't want 2000 people to get crushed, I'm going to fix that barricade. So you become that guy, you know, not the, uh, I know you said it once we're like, uh, well, we pick up poop here. Like I don't pick up poop. All right. Well then the client has to go pick up the poop and you have to stand there and watch them. And it's a, it's a great scenario when I think uh, a lot of your listeners would like this. So let's say we're in a car. uh, I'm a manager. You're the EP. We've got a driver, right? All right. Client says, ah, I fucked up. I need to get a cup of coffee. We yeah. pull up to a light. She goes, I'm going to jump out really quick. What do you do? Right? For yeah, me, yeah. Yeah. I say, what's your order? And I ask the other dudes, what's your order? Loop around the block. Keep the doors keep locked. Right I'll be right back. You've been running. She says, no, I want to go in. I want to smell the beans. You know, or like whatever. Yeah. Like you have to, you have to go on the fly and you have to be quick and say, yeah. yeah, I'll go get it. Or, or you say like, I like to very politely tell people what to do instead of rude, rudely ask. And so a lot of times I'll come in and say, this is what we're doing today. And I'll do it with a smile and I'll be cordial. But at the end of the day, at the end of the conversation, you understand this is what we're doing today, you know, Um, rather than say, Hey, can we do this today? Ultimately my client wants this done. And as long as it's not illegal, immoral, dangerous, you know, whatever it is, why not? Why can't we do it? And, and my, uh, the way I come in and say, how can I make this work? Right. Mm -hmm. And in any way, in, in any conceivable way, if I can make your day easier, by you doing this thing for me, you know, and it's not, and it's just like, uh, we had a, a motorcycle escort in Belfast when they don't do it. Right. So the guys uh, escort us in and it's six motorcycle cops in the fucking rain. I, I feel bad for them. I call them. Right. So I bring them in to go, we're not allowed in that room. That's my room. I rented that room today. You're allowed to sit in that room and you're allowed to eat the food I'm about to bring you. But right. no, no, we're not allowed to touch that food. So I went and made six hot plates for these guys and sat it in front of them. Yeah. They made me safer and they're I'm not going to let them wait out in the rain. You know, like it's right. just not, not going to happen. Promoter came in, you know, it's a, it's a health and safety issue. I said, I don't care. Yeah. It's six cops eating food that I, I touched with my hands and put in front of them. I've broken every health and safety food service the health and safety code. Uh, it, it happened. I'm sorry, but yeah. these guys got to eat. And I can't send them away. Yeah, we need them healthy and willing to defend us. Their blood blood sugar has to be good. They have to be hydrated. Like all those caregiver things become a real thing. Like the artist has to be up there performing for two hours. They've got to be hydrated, healthy, happy, all those things. So does everybody else. And in some way, if you can be the person that helps facilitate 
helping somebody's day a little bit better, helping somebody like, like, maybe it doesn't suck so bad. Maybe it's a drag. I've, do, I've been doing overtime. This is a double for me. Yeah. That, that one little thing, you bring them a sandwich, you bring them a bottle of water. You, the, the, the 80 year old lady doing pass check, you ask her, you know, if she needs something, those people that are your core, that are your backup, those, those essential staff that are around you, you look after them. Like you're, they're your clients. And in, in a strange way, they kind of are. Bless you. Yeah. Thanks brother. No, 100% man. How would you describe tour life, man, being on the road for all those who want to do it or haven't done it, or even those who are just going to get a kick out of listening to it, man, how would you describe that ride? Uh, it's two things. It's sleep deprivation and where you poop. <laughs> and if you, you know, like most people know, you know, it's, it's, uh, uh, your, uh, your, your stomach d- decides, you know, um, <laughs> yeah. like, uh, uh, everything's provided for you. I think that's, that's the thing that maybe people don't understand is if it's a big party, it's not, you know, like if you come on my bus, for example, um, I have, uh, mixings for, uh, uh, four different kinds of smoothies, like a, a nighttime one, a daytime to kind of fiber, high fiber, clean you out, uh, sustained energy one for the show so, stuff, man. You're the man, You're right. the man buddy. but you come on the bus and like, Oh, let's get a drink. Let's do whatever, you know, like, where's the booze mm, Negative, at, homie. at the bar. It's at the bar. Cause this is my Monday morning. It's your Saturday night. And I get that. And what most people don't get is like the tour life. It's Monday morning every day every day like that bus pulls up the door opens or sometimes you know it doesn't open that the venue guy is there waiting with your advance in his hand and he's knocking on the bus door and nobody's awake yet because we just went to sleep four hours ago so you've got you got socks on and your sweat shorts you know and let's do it he's he's up i'm up you know let's let's do it so you don't get your cup of coffee you don't get to if you have a morning ritual that you're used to uh you don't get those things you know you just you just work uh one of the things on uh one of the last tours i was on is a bunch of younger kids and so you could see them burning out you know and like look Everybody on, on the bus, you have your own bunk, right? So everybody has the opportunity to take a nap at some point in the day. Your days are 16, 18, 16 hours, 12 hours normally, right? So you load, all the gear gets loaded uh, that from the show, it gets torn down. It gets loaded up in the, uh, in the trucks and trailers, shows up the next morning, gets unloaded, set up, and then torn down again. That process that repeats is you repeating over and over and over again, right? Three nights, sometimes four nights a week if, you're, if your artist is a hustler and uh, you work, you know. Uh, so these kids would work themselves to exhaustion and they would come to showtime and they couldn't perform. And again, these, these, these texts are essential to the show and they couldn't perform. They didn't have that enough sleep in the day. Uh, you know, so, uh, sleep management, uh, you know, your bowel management, nutrition, nutrition, uh, you know, cause again, there's junk food galore, right. But, but to find essential things that you need and, uh, what your body needs. Uh, I, I think, uh, that's where people don't realize it's, uh, you know, like, yeah, you know, like, uh, working, working EP at home. Like I've been doing it a lot since COVID. Yeah. I work a gig. It's 12, 16 hours. And then I sleep in my own bed. 
I drive my own car home. I sleep in my own bed. I use my own soap in my own shower. I get to shower when I want, you know, <laughs> it's like you start the, appreciating that stuff, man, man, more because I was doing that for like, what, seven years traveling like that, man. And yeah. then once I clicked over and started chasing the pager and started building my own stuff, I was like, man, this is nice. Like, yeah. I'm going on a cool trip here and there with you, you know, but uh, just yeah. being able to just like live my own life and get away with it and yeah. make the money, you know what I'm saying? You know, yeah. and, you know, some guys talk about the contracting game and I'm like, you can make just about, the, you'll spend more of it, but you can make good money here doing what we're doing. Um, and yeah. so I always just kind of was like, man, I kind of like sleeping in a warm bed next to somebody I like and yeah. <laughs> like yeah. you know, a little more of my life, you know, that's in the it in the morning, you know, yeah. <laughs> at the end of the day, it's a job, you know, you're working and you're trading, you know, your, your life for money. You know, uh, none yeah. of this is, is benevolence. We're not curing cancer. You know, I have a, I met a guy on a plane. Uh, he literally cures cancer. Like I, I was blown, blown away, you know, number, bro. yeah, you know, and, uh, and so I, I refer to this guy all the time, you know, like as cool as my job is, I'm not changing the world in a, in a positive way. Of course, music brings light into, into darkness and all those yeah. things, but I'm not playing the music, you know, like, it's not me. It's not, I'm not the show. I'm, I'm the guy helping get the show there, getting the people there health, healthy and safe and having yeah. the people show up and get in through the doors without hurting themselves and all that. But at the end of the day, uh, I'm not making that product, you know? Mm -hmm. And so for me, it's just trading, uh, you know, this success is really money, you know, and, and the money comes with the freedoms, money gives you freedom, you know, and the freedoms yeah. that it gives you, uh, allows you to do, you know, my three gun stuff. You and do, man. yeah. Yeah, no, 100%. And for those of you who don't know, Medi's a three gun uh, monster, man. We were out there messing around. If you guys haven't seen it yet, we did. I did a tactical review of a day where he opened my eyes to the three gun world. And you guys know that I do a lot of shooting competitions, but I focus on the pistol because that's primarily what I carry. But building out all the, the, the skills around these different weapons. And then also on some security details, we do have rifles in cold positions and long guns in cold positions. Yeah. Yeah. So I like to train with that every once in a while and make sure I'm staying, you know, uh, acquainted and intimate with those systems. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, man, what would you say about three gun breaking that? So for you guys go back and check out that tactical review. It's on my website. It's on YouTube. Um, but, uh, what would you say about the world of three gun, man? How would you get into that? What would you say about that? Uh, so I've got a brother-in-law's Marine and, uh, there was, uh, I want to say it was around the Sandy Hook time that, that something happened in ARs. He's like, at least pick up a lower, you know, it's, uh, it's, they're, pro they're probably going to go away. And like that same drum is still being beat today, unfortunately, oh, yeah, you know, selling guns, boy, isn't it? yeah. Yeah. They said, you know, at the time that like, uh, president Obama was, uh, the greatest, uh, gun salesman, you know, president in that time. Right. And now yeah. it's Biden. He's, he beat Obama in gun sales. Actually. I just heard the other day. It's insane. It's yeah, insane. It's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I picked up a lower, uh, a Noveski. I picked up a barrel. That's all I could get at the time. And, uh, I uh, built out a lower, I borrowed an upper and a super 90, a Benelli super 90 from uh, yeah. my, my father-in-law and OG. went to West End uh, where, where we shot and uh, they had a three gun match. And I'd never actually shot at that point. I shot a pump action shotgun, but never shot a semi-auto before. Yeah. Uh, helped them set up the stage because uh, I wanted to learn. And the best way you can learn is, is working you know, like OJT, right? So I'm out there setting up targets and asking questions and, and doing stuff. 
And the guy goes, well, that target, that popper set up, he goes, do you want to run it? I'm like, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> and, and so I didn't want to sound cool. I said, I don't know what that means. You know, he goes, well, just shoot it. You want it to spin around. So basically it's got a target on the top, target on the bottom, and you have to hit it enough times to get it to spin around. And so it's a, you know, it's, it's hard, but not, yeah, it's an issue. If you it's know. rhythm. And you know, the cadence of firing is a real rhythm, what the cyclic rate of the gun is. And then what your, your recoil uh, mitigation is. is with your accuracy. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Getting back on target. So, uh, I look at it as a safety. I'm like, all right, I figured this out. It low two in, make sure there's one in the chamber. Boom, boom, boom. Three shots. The thing spins. I was like, all right, that thing works. I put the gun down. That was amazing. Yeah. But like everybody turned around and went back to setting up targets. Like, yeah. okay, that's, that's functional. Let's move on. You know? And I was like giddy for the rest of the day, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're like giggling to yourself. Yeah. So I showed up, uh, the upper, uh, the gas block had a, had something was going on with it. Again, it wasn't my my upper. Uh, yeah. So I'm I'm charging it like a single, like almost like a bolt action. Bang, yeah. bang, bang. Uh, the the butt sock comes off of the Benelli M Super 90. It's just a disaster. The days yeah, are fucking disaster. Yeah, but it might as well have been a drug. I was addicted, and so I came home. I was like, all right, I need a handguard. I need this, and like the shopping started. And I wish somebody had kind of reined me in a little bit, but I didn't know anybody in Southern California. Nobody was really doing it at the time. Three Gun Nation was the sanctioning body for it, yeah. um, and it was all the big pros. It was just the pros, and then these local regional deals. And so I built out my guns. I'm again six five big arms and stuff so i had to build s specific setups for myself um got my gun set up and then what i loved about it it's it's basically a therapy session and i don't know you know like uh uh for most people but it's problem solving you've got yes. three guns four guns sometimes if you're if you're running pcc uh, and you are presented with a stage in front of you and a stage for people that don't know, is just, uh, uh, an array of different kinds of targets, uh, steel yeah. targets, paper targets. And, uh, some of the targets can only be shot with the shotgun. Some of the targets can only be shot with the rifle. Some can only be shot with the pistol. And that's where the strategy comes in is how good of a marksman are you in reference to how quickly can you reload that platform and how quickly can you move to the next target and engage those targets get rid of your gun and make sure the safety's on you know not sweep anybody with the barrel of your gun all of these things happen and then there's a timer and on top of that people are watching and on top of that people are filming and on top of that people are hooting and hollering you know yeah, and man. so factors I, I love it man it's it's I the best it. and so every one of those things the stage plan the multiple weapons the safeties uh the crowd the video all those things are stress factors right yeah. and if you can take those and put those into real life uh the guy yelling the gun uh, somebody else's gun going off uh windows breaking if you can focus on what's at hand and if you've done it with enough repetition then you're not going to fail or you're going to fail you're going to fall to your uh weakest uh form of training and if right and if it's and if it's three gun and you've been running with guns pulling gear off your belt moving and hustling this a lot of this seems really easy you know, and, and so I'm a mediocre, I would say I'm a mediocre three gun shooter, you know, um, but in the shooting uh, community, you know, uh, I, I can shoot. I, I'm not better than anybody, but I'm just as good as most guys, you know, um, and 
the difference is, is the guys that uh, are at the very top level are dry firing and training probably an hour, half hour a day, you know? And uh, for me, it's my fun. It's my uh, vacation time. I'll take vacation time and fly to three gun matches and stuff. And so I didn't want to lose the fun of it by overtraining, you right. know, and that's a stupid thing to say, because there's no such thing as overtraining. And I know all my three gun buddies are going to give me shit for that. But uh, <laughs> I'm at a comfortable place where, uh, you know, I've got some sponsors and I try to keep them happy. Uh, I try to get out to enough matches. I give away product. I, I teach a bunch. I teach a bunch of people now. Uh, and I try to keep it uh, balanced enough where the firearms are ready and I'm efficient with them for work. Because ultimately, all of my competition is in the tactical division. I don't shoot open. My guns aren't highly modified or anything like that. Uh, and uh, it keeps me proficient in the weapons platforms that law enforcement, uh, other governments are using. And so if I get out there, I can shoot a rifle grade Glocks, 1911s. Uh, you, you get comfortable with platforms so that when you pick them up somewhere and it's foreign, it's very familiar. Well, 100%. 100%. Yeah. And you have uh, a, like a fluid intelligence with regards to moving, dealing with stress, solving higher quality problems than just accuracy and dealing with uh, manipulating your firearm. You know, yeah. I, what yeah. I love about it is you start to gain an intelligence where it's like, hey, I'm used to thinking, problem solving, moving and shooting yeah. all at the same time. All at the same time. I can just focus on moving and solving this problem the smallest yeah. way rather than the right. other. And I think you'll become a superior shooter shooting competitions much quicker than a lot of things. You can get in there. You can hit it every weekend if you want. You can yeah. Keep rolling. You yeah. Know. Um, so I love that. That that video we made, you guys, we got like drones. We got moving targets. Go check it out. It was a good time. And you got to see, Medi just took care of me, man. He, he laid it all out for me and walked me through stuff. And then and it ruined me because now. <laughs> it's, it's so much more than just the pistol you know yeah so, you know i was yeah. like because I, I was inviting this guy to shoot pistol competitions he's like yeah hey, you know i'll come out yeah you know maybe and then finally i go shoot three gun with him and i'm like i totally get why you're like eh, pistol it's like it's like a quarter of what I normally would be doing. <laughs> He's like, I'd be going there just to hang out with you, maybe. <laughs> you know? And it's fun. The pistol is the, the most uh, uh, fastest degrading. Uh, oh, yeah. The sight radius is the shortest. Yep. It's the hardest to hold on to. Uh, yeah. If I'd say focus on one gun, focus on your pistol, right? Um, but I'm okay with the pistol. You know, uh, yeah. I have trouble with the rifle a little bit more. Uh, mm -hmm. but, uh, you know, I'm good with the shotgun. I'm good with the pistol. Okay. Uh, and I like, I like having the stuff on my belt. I feel naked when there isn't, uh, yeah, the yeah. There's no shell caddies. I'm not, I yeah. don't have like 50 pounds of ammo on my belt. Yeah. You know? I feel <laughs> naked, you know, I love it. I love like a work day. You know, I've got a pistol, two magazines. Yeah. That's a USPSA, you know, competition. It's hey, all you need, you know? Right. Right. No, I yeah. dig it, man. I love it. What would you say about celebrity protection man if you were gonna give people a peek into that world and working with those folks man what would you say about that it's you know this is the mundane part we talked about before where like uh i've been doing it for so long you know yeah. that uh i don't i don't know what people want to hear you know or like what what uh uh is exciting you know, to somebody else is completely mundane to me, you know, like, uh, <laughs> yeah, cause you've been doing it for, I know, yeah. when you first got on, like what was like in your mind that you were like, okay. And that you learned was like, maybe, you know what I mean? Like the evolution of things that started dropping in as you got more experience. You know, like, uh, the client being a celebrity, the, the, yeah. the, 
biggest difference is that everybody knows them, right? Yeah. And, and that you have to expose them to people. Right. Yeah. So like, uh, like if I've got a CEO of a company, you know, for the most part, unless somebody's really actively seeking that person out, we can walk into a coffee shop and nobody's going to know that person, but my guy or, yeah. you know, somebody I'm working with will open their mouth or not even open their mouth. And, and now you've got 10, 12, 15 people standing around you. Oh, you're not touching. Yeah. You're not touching those people. You're not telling that you're not yelling at them because now you're making your client look like an asshole. Right. right. So the, the single most important thing, uh difference is that you're burnt you know like that i don't know uh you're, you're, yeah, yeah. you're high biz man you're, you're yeah you're out you're out yeah. so uh you're all uh, lining up and you can get stuck in one place real quick real quick autographs and pictures yeah and like you even know who it is and they're lining up because people are lining up right the car's yeah. 10 yards away and it's a it might as well be a mile away you know like right. you're not right. getting to that car because 200 people just stacked between you and the car so now right. you know uh so the uh protection uh, for celebrities versus executives. I think that the single biggest thing is everybody knows them and yeah. you have to find a way to expose them, you know, yeah. because they have to go press the flesh. They've got to sign autographs and do the photos and do the stuff. It, it behooves them to do that work. Right. And so you have to come up with a plan on how to do that. And so what I, one of the greatest things I used to do is I take all the kids or whoever and line them up in a line guys single files get your phones out get whatever out and then i would tell them we're going to start at the back of the line because where we're going to end up is over here right so the 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 bus or whatever is over here so if i start over here by the front of the door of the bus everybody that's around is going to basically create a circle around us yeah, right circle. and it, it has happened a lot right so you end up at the end of the line and so the last person that lines up gets their autograph first and then they go home. I go, once you, once you get your autograph, I need you to clear out of here or else we have to leave. If you right. circle around again, everybody else in line is not going to get an autograph and that's on you. Everybody understand. They're like, yeah. So then the bus door opens and we walk all the way to the end and we start at the end. And as we work our way to the front, we end where, right where we want to be. And there's maybe one or two kids that didn't listen that are lingering, but for the most part, everybody got what they wanted. They understood the directive, you know, yeah. uh, the artist is happy, you know, cause those kids waiting outside, they, they're waiting for you, yeah, you know, sure. like, like, you what know. do you do? You know, and most artists want to do something for them but it's unsafe or we don't have the time or whatever. So if, if you can find a way to give them uh, that connection to their, to their fans, uh, you have to find that way. Not can you, you have to find that way. Yeah. Uh, and some of them will demand it. Some of them won't, but yeah. all, all of them want something, some of that interaction, you know, celebrities are in the business for that thing, you know? And so right. for them to uh, be completely isolated uh, does them no good. Right, right. I love it, man. That's yeah. great. That's a great tip. What do you look for in EP agents when you're bringing someone on a team or, or get even just you guys to the game? What are some traits that are significant? Patience. It's that patience. I was going to say that yeah. earlier when you were talking, patience is so Yeah. Difficult. Yeah. You know, um, the technical, when I said before, you know, like technical proficiency, if I need you to do something, I'll teach it to you. Right. If I need you to drive, I'll send you to a school. If I need you to shoot better, I'll teach you how to shoot better. If I need you to be a uh, better open handed, I'll send you somewhere to learn that, you know, uh, I can teach you the tools for the job, but I can't teach you not to be an asshole. 
I can't teach a character. That's what I always say. I can you know tactics, but I don't want to be yeah. anywhere near you when you learn your character. Yeah. I had this uh, ex-seal work for me for a little while. Yep. Fantastic, <laughs> fantastic dude. Yeah. And uh, when he wasn't doing something, he would just stare at the wall. Okay. Well, you, <laughs> you know? got to find work, man. <laughs> and he's, to this day, he works, but he works yeah. for people that, don't talk to him or don't need to talk to him or whatever, you know, but, but for him to be in that very social atmosphere on the bus, everybody's coming on, you know, like who's got an extra pair of clean underwear, this ain't the gig. And he knew, he knew he goes, he goes, so we don't ever put hands on people. I'm like, no, like, no, like we never put out. Yeah. 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 Like, sure. Yeah. But it it never works out, you know, that kind of thing but uh, uh fantastic guy but again he would be one of my 10 that i would call for any gig yeah. and then i would put him in front of the client with the other nine and say who do you want because all 10 of them are equally good right, right? you just have to like and it's just a fucking uh uh, uh popularity contest yeah it's, it's like something cool. yeah something about you will resonate with that person like i have a client uh that he has the same classic car as me i have a 62 lincoln continental with a suicide doors and i'm i'm talking to somebody and he goes wait you have a lincoln i'm like yeah and he goes uh like a classic one i go yeah 62 he goes suicide doors i'm like yeah oh, we just you know? That's a did we just become best friends, friends? yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> i love it that's good stuff. Yeah, and so they find uh, a, a reason to talk to you or a reason to like you. You know, like uh, there's so many good guys out there that they just need the guy that, that resonates with them, that they they can listen to, that will give them direction. You know, because a lot of times you're telling your client what to do. Yeah. And are you the guy that's scaring them into something? Don't go out there. It might be, you know, like, are you that guy? Or are you oh, the guy that yeah. says, Look, I got this door. It's got this. I got this door over here, and I got upstairs where we can get room service. What do you want to do? You want to do? You know, yeah, and you control the questions. You control the uh, outcomes. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't give him the fourth option. I gave him three options. You know, like hey, the fourth hey, is hey. the reckless. You know, like I won't give him that one, but give him the three options and let him pick one. You know, and, and right. you never say I had a a client that uh, would climb scaffolding and stuff all the time, and we were at the BBC. The BBC said, if you do it, we're gonna we're gonna pull your audio. And he did it and they pulled his audio, you know, and, you know, and he got lost in the crowd. Yeah. I, I'm like, I, 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 it's not, I told you so, you know, and, and I never said it. I said, don't do it. He goes, no, we're going to do it. I said, then let me be in the crowd. He goes, no, 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 I got this. Okay. You learn hard lessons. Yeah. And then so that I, I said, where you think you're going to end up. I'm going to be there and I'm going to be watching you. And if it doesn't work out, I'm going to come in and get, he goes, no, no, no. I go, I'm going to come in and get you. He goes, okay. he goes, okay. So he goes up and then you see somebody grab his shirt and you see his shirt start stretching and stretch it. And then you see his body disappear and you, you see it, you see it pop up for a second. And then you see it go right back down, right back down into the, into the wash, 20,000 people, you know, uh, Dirt, dirt, grass floor that they've been stomping on. So it's that like horse uh, smell, you know, and you jump in and you go, I've got to dig through people. I got to get in and get them, you know, and then I get them and uh, I put my shirt on him, you know, and I I take him out. And uh, uh, so now I've got no shirt on, you know, and I'm walking around and uh, uh, and we don't talk about it. We don't we don't. No, I told you so. No, no, no. Mm. Just, hey, I got Mm. you. 
Here's yeah. the off my back. Shirt off your back. Like, that's the on. job. Yeah. 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 And then he, and then it came up very quickly afterwards. He goes, I said, if you climb it, if you fall, I'll be underneath you. We'll both get hurt. I mean, I'm not going to die. We'll both get hurt. Yeah. It won't be, it won't be that bad. I said, right. we could probably get a crib uh, mattress and I can hold it. Like I, these are all bad suggestions, but I said, these are our options. And, and <laughs> like, that's that. a, yeah, I said, I'm going to get a crib mattress and hold yeah. it up. Like that's the stupidest thing you could tell somebody, but I'm yeah. like, you're going to fall. You're either going to fall on me or you're yeah. going to fall on that speaker. So if you fall on me, at least I can catch you and break your fall. We'll both get hurt. Mm-hmm. So I can, I can, you can not do it. You can let me buy a crib mattress. <laughs> you, you can let me try it uh, without the crib mattress, right? And I said, it's up to you. And then we went on to, because it's not just that one thing, right? It's the barricade and it's the pyro and it's the CO2 charge. It's a it's hundred things that you have to deal with that day. That's just one of them. And right. then before doors, you, you circle back around and you go, Hey, we're doing that thing. He goes, no, 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 we're not doing, we're not doing that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I love it. Man. That's, that's yeah. stuff. I love it. Yeah. What would you say are some common mistakes you see, you've seen agents make, man, that people should watch out for in that line? Uh, you know, it's beyond being flexible. Uh, yeah. you have to be dynamic, you know, like, uh, being flexible, like you come in and, uh, like, uh, in the touring world, there's venue guys and personal guys, venue guys deal with the, the building, uh, setting up the barricade meetings, cops, you know, fire department, all that stuff. Personal guys come in with the artist kind of dictate how we're going to move, make sure things are safe, final meet and greet locations, that kind of stuff. Right. Um, then you guys will come in and say, uh, not, I don't want to say they're not good, but naive or, or maybe green venue guys will come in and say, uh, this is how we're doing it today. This is our, if you saw this advance, you know, and they, they, they point to it with authority, you know, uh, it was clear to me that I asked for six guys. I only see five. Yeah. 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 Like, like you got another, you got a monkey in your backpack. What are you doing right now? Right. And then you, uh, then you go, or you can say, Hey guys, I only counted five. Do we have a sixth? Right. The social dynamics here. We right. You can, you can be the guy that says, all right, uh, he's going to show up at one. He had a problem with his car. Or whatever. And again, you know, uh, local security guys, this is a part-time gig for them. You know, this isn't their all the time job. This is yet, you know, so for them, they're not going to, they're not committed to it. Like you are, they're not as aggressive as you are. So if you can't be dynamic, at least flexible, you know, at least be flexible. Uh, If they tell you something, you have to appreciate that these venue people do this same job at that same building every single day. Like you do your show all over the world, right? Your your specialty is this gig. They do every gig, right, in this building. And last month they had this celebrity and that celebrity. It's a slow Tuesday to them, man. That's it. That's it. They're not surprised. Yeah. Another shot coming in. Right. And you're not teaching them anything. That's the other thing is, it's very rarely are you coming in like, oh, we've never seen that before. Yeah, you know, yeah, like they've seen, yeah, they've seen it all. And so, so if you can't be flexible to what they have going on and their needs, that becomes a real big problem in the personal world. 
you absolutely have to be dynamic. Flexible isn't even an option. You yeah. can't tell your client they're not going to do something or it's time to do something. Or like I, I, had, a, I had a fantastic client. Uh, I had to leave for another gig. Yeah. Uh, and that's the thing, man. You know, uh, they're just, once they like you, it's, they don't like anybody else. It's hard, man. You know, hey, man, you're in bed with a man. At that you know, point. they want you. Yeah. And so I was like, I got a great guy for you. And he's a great guy. And he would open the door and say, Hey guys, it's time to go on stage. It's eight Oh five. The show starts at eight. That's, you know, like, hey, buddy. yeah, that's a great way to get clipped, man. It's amazing. I was like, he did what? You let them do their thing, man. Right. <laughs> Who are he you did though? what, you know? And so for me, like, it can go till two in the morning. I don't give a shit. A bus call, like as long as we're on the bus for the next show, like that's where I get a little antsy because now we're going to lose money somewhere else. And management wants me to make sure that yeah. we're at every show, everybody's healthy. Everybody's had that, you know, the, the ball's got to keep moving. And, yeah. uh, uh, outside of that, if we're 15 minutes late and you know, it's a real thing because you have labor costs, you're in a union building, You've got labor costs, and now you put those guys into overtime at $65 an hour. You're an asshole. You know, like, <laughs> sure. But if the artist wants to pay for it, that's okay. Right. You know, like, uh, I never worked for them, but Guns N' Roses was so notorious for being late that the crew would have, a, uh, like, a lottery pool. Like, you could pick a 15-minute block and buy it for five bucks or something, you know? On it. Yeah, yeah and on, on how late he would be, right? Huh. And so so that's okay, you know? And, and they yeah. had a fantastic shout-out to Gio, a fantastic yeah, yeah. guy named Gio that worked for him, okay. that uh, he'd sit at the door. And wait, you know, you, you wait for your client. Yeah. You're not, you're not the show. You're, you know, just, just be cool. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) There's somebody that does that. And that's another thing, you know, uh, another great thing I'll say is like, I had had an artist, uh, had a, a trumpet player that came out and my client uh, had hurt his hand. And so I was carrying his bag for him. Not yeah. because I'm a bag man. I'll carry your bag. I don't give a shit. I'm not too proud. Right. Yeah. But his hands hurt and he's a drummer and I don't want right. him to hurt his hands. Right. So I'm going to carry his bag for him. So I grab his bag and he goes, Hey, Matty, real quietly and professionally he goes, Hey, uh, who carries my bag? <laughs> you do. <laughs> I smile. Yeah, yeah. I said, you do. I said, I'm only carrying it because he's hurt. And I slapped him on the butt. And yeah. that was, you know, that, that that's our that. dynamic. You know, that yeah. was our dynamic moving forward. I just met him. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. you know, I could have I could have gotten in trouble for smacking him on the butt. I don't know. You know, like yeah, some yeah. people don't like that, you know. But for me, my dynamic is is if I tell you something that emasculates you, I'm gonna find a way to make it better. You're playing yeah, it's a slap in the ass or whatever, whatever it is, you know, uh, yeah. I, I, that might not be a great example, honestly, but, <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> Clienty, yeah. man. Yeah. Good times, man. Good stuff. Um, uh, what would I see here? Any true Hollywood stories that stand out that you can tell us? Recent one. Yes. And I actually asked permission for this one. Uh, This is a great one. This is a great one. So uh, (laughs) there's tons of them. Like I could tell you this. uh, We had a Tom Cruise one. We were doing press and we uh, Tom Cruise was doing oblivion. We had some kids jump over a fence. Uh, That was a good one too. But uh, uh, this one was uh, so because it it links up to the getting on stage thing. Um, So I'm working for this band, uh, Queens of the Stone Age. And, uh, and uh, good dudes, Josh, fantastic guy. And he's, he's a big guy. He's six, four, uh, he's easy, 200 pounds, you know? And so he's, I'm, uh, we're eye to eye, you know, he wears boots, we're eye to eye. He's a big, 
he puts his hand on you. He's a real, you know, physical dude, right? Okay. So uh, again, yeah, and but I, he doesn't tower over me. We're eye to eye, so he liked that right away. Right. Uh, I came on to replace a guy, you know, and so there is this uh, who's the new guy who just replaced my friend. You know, you get that vibe a lot. Yeah. And I'm smiley, man. I'm jovial. I'm smiley too, man. You That's know, crazy. I help out. Yeah. And uh, I don't, uh, uh, most people don't see uh, that side of, you know, the the flip very often. You could right. go an entire tour and never see it, but guys will talk about it like it's legendary, you know. Yeah, and it's yeah, always. You got to earn it. When it's time to turn it on, it's time to turn it on. You know? Right. Yeah, so, uh, so we're in New Orleans and uh, we're doing a show. And this guy uh, owns a, a rock and roll bar. And we're going to his bar after he plays in a band. He plays guitar in a band. Everybody knows him. He comes backstage. Uh, cute little girl, girlfriend. I noticed right away she's got a, a fixed blade on her hip. Louisiana, New Orleans, not a big deal. Not weird. Right? Yeah. yeah. And so, uh, again, we're going to their bar. Uh, part of our plan now is we're using one of their vans. So I've got my van for the band, but we're also using their van. So, like, he's now part of my motorcade. He's part of our entourage. You know, like, He's, you know, in the band's dressing room. He's got my pass on his hip. You know, he's allowed to escort people around. Um, So it's, you know, like, uh, it's not a problem, but it's, it's, you know, it's now we're just adding more layers, more people that I have to worry about, you know. And, uh, uh, but again, he has all the access in the world. We're playing the show, uh, do the main set. We come out to do encore. The band, you know, knocks some gear around the stage and stuff. If you ever seen a Queen show, it's very normal. And this guy decides to walk out on stage and he's standing right next to me. him and his girlfriend are maybe two or three feet away from, me, you know, and, <laughs> and so this is besides, he's right. Be right. The show. <laughs> and so this is another great, you know, scenario for your listeners. Yeah. So this guy that, you know, you're taking his van has your past is friends with the band is now walking on stage. You're three days into your job, your detail. You're one of two guys replacing a guy that just got fired. Who would what know you, what to do. <laughs> what do you do? Yeah, shoot, no shoot, go. <laughs> yeah, you know. Uh, so I took him, you know, because that's what yeah. I do. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah, so, uh, but this again. This is too. This is like. Oh, straight up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this gets worse. Or better, it gets better. So, uh, so I go get him. And he's not wrestling, running. Again, it's a it's a theater size stage. Okay. He knows again. He knows every band member. He walks out to the guitar player. The guitar player kind of does a thing and plays with him. And I'm like, shit, this is a bad idea. But I've already committed. I've stepped over lights. I'm on the stage. You know, like I'm I'm out of the shadow. Like I'm out of my comfort space. You know. Uh, and so I put two hands on him, and uh, I pull him back. And go, hey, Pepper, you can't be on stage right now. And I start to walk him back. Yeah. He he kind of gives me a pat. Again, we're cool. I've, okay, I've okay. you know, going good. Gives me a pat. All of a sudden, I feel like a pop in the back of my head. The girlfriend jumped, <laughs> yes. jumped on my back and it just hit me in the back of the head. And you know, now, she got a fixed blade on it. And she's got a fixed blade on it, right? That's yeah. the variable that, that made me do the next thing. So I'm walking Pepper back and I'm holding him. She's small. She's on my back. I've, I've got the weight and the movement. I know what the thing is. Uh, I see like a place where I can kind of like pivot and, and put him somewhere, Yeah. but I miss it because there's a light there. He trips over it. So I'm like, this, yeah, I'm like, this he's is too worst, much, man. The accidental fall down. Right. Can somebody move. <laughs> so he's, a, I can tell he's an older guy. So I hold him and I 
flip the girl this way. Yeah. She hits a, a one of those water jug things. Water's all over the place. So yeah. in that process, me and the dude hit the ground, right? So yeah, so I'm again, I land on my back to make sure that he's okay. And I was already down on one. He wasn't a big deal. So I, I hold on to him. And I look up and the lead singer is now on top of both of us. Ah. He's holding his guitar like because, you know, you can't touch a guitar. It's tuned to a song and stuff so, like any fucking with anything. You'd be very mindful. Every stage guy is very mindful of, of not touching the guitar. Right? So he pulls okay. the guitar way back and he picks me up and Pepper at the same. He's big enough. Right. So uh-huh. he picks us both up and he goes, don't fuck him up, man. I'm like, do you see me hitting him? I'm like, I looked him like, like insulted, right? Yeah, I'm yeah, like, like I, yeah. I, I'm a professional. Right. Yeah, I, go, I go, did you see me hit him? You know, and then like, like I'm pulling the girl back, knowing that there's a blade. And that's the only thing I'm thinking of. But now I've got this monster in front of me. I've got yeah. this guy that's wrestling around because now his girlfriend hit the ground. Yeah. And it's just a no win. Like the, the, the <laughs> least wrong way I failed at, you know, like yeah, I picked yeah, the yeah. most wrong way, well, you know. Right, man. Murphy was like, Slide that light across the table. Yeah, yeah, and then here's a little, a little bit of water on top of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just a little bit. Yeah, yeah. that's what happened. That's what got you, man. So uh, uh, I pick him up, and uh, he goes, he goes, I'm really sorry, man. Like that. He just said it real quick. We both went and picked the girlfriend up. Yeah. She gets up. She's like, she's he calms her down. I go, I go, just head backstage. You guys are fine. Didn't yeah. throw out. You can't throw them out. They're friends of the bay. We're using their van later, you know? Yeah. Right. So I go start packing my bag. I'm fired. You know, like I get my shit off the bus, <laughs> I know you know? One. I've done this one. Yeah. Well, all right. I just fell on my sword. Let me take this out. Pack yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 to go. I'm good. Disemboweled <laughs> when you guys get in It's fine. <laughs> Uh, so the tour manager, uh, he's like, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Cause now it's one of those things. The artist can absolutely fire you. Management loves you. The, you know, the crew loves you. It doesn't matter. Right. right. So, uh, so I'm sitting in the hall, you know, securing the, the door and he walks out and walks into the other band's room, walks back and kind of just gives me this blank look. I go, oh, I'm definitely fired. <laughs> like that, if I didn't know before, you know, yeah. And uh, so Kevin goes in and he, he goes, uh, dude, you're not fired. He goes, he's going to come talk to you right now. Right. And so he comes out and he's they're doing stuff. They're filming a, a thing. So like, again, you're, you're not the center of any attention. They're already past that filming yeah. a promo in the dressing room and they're grabbing stuff to make it look cooler. Right. Yeah, right. So he, as he's doing this, he walks by and he goes, cartoon smile, man, cartoon smile like that. And that's all he said. Yeah. So. So you're like, get, you're starting to come. I'm like, that. I'm like okay, cartoon smile. Yeah, he, yeah, he said something. Yeah. Yep, yep. <laughs> so next day we're doing a festival. We uh, with Foo Fighters are there, and he's good friends with Dave. And uh, him and Dave are walking, and they keep looking back, laughing. Like I'm walking with Dave's uh, Dave security guy, uh, this guy Ray. Shout out to Ray, you know. Yeah, and uh, yeah. uh, uh, he's like, "What are they? What are they talking about?" Like, oh, I put put my hands on one of his friends last night. They're probably talking about that, you know? Yeah, yeah. And uh, so we split off and uh, I go, you guys talking about last night? And he goes, oh yeah. He goes, we're telling that story a couple times, you know? <laughs> and so I go, now that we're, I go, now that we're alone, I go, let's talk about how you wanted me to take care of that. So we had to, you know, at least have a debrief at some point. Yeah. And every time you have, you have some kind of incident, you debrief with everybody, right? Yeah. Just to see again, expectations. What would you have wanted me to do? 
you know? Yeah. And I said, if you, I said, you saw how that went down. I said, if it was exactly the same, I said, did you want me to get them? He goes, I would have fired you if you didn't get them. Good to know. Good to go. When in doubt, do you right. Yeah. And, then, and then how to do it. Right. And so, you know, the other the part of that story was after it all happened, we get in the car, we go to their bar, you know, and he's nothing but cordial and the girlfriend's yeah, yeah, nothing yeah. but cordial, yeah. you know, and they're like, I can't believe you fucked me up. You know, and by the end of the night, I had choked him and, and socked the girlfriend. Yeah, and yeah, the story's and, like way worse than it was. Right, right. And uh, they, uh, they kept saying, uh, she kept saying, oh, my, 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 uh, my side hurts, you know, my side hurts. And, you know, if you do something like that, uh, and you think that you're in the right, or if you know that you're in the right, or you're standing by your call, you don't ever apologize, mm-hmm. right? I go, do you want me to go to the bar and get you some ice? She goes, oh, no, 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 sweetie. It's not that bad. It's just uh, getting real sore. And I go, yeah, all the endorphins are gone and stuff. I go, the ice will help with that swelling. I'm trying to get that apology out of you, too. <laughs> I know. You'd be fishing all day, man. That hook is not going into this mouth. Yeah, I'm that, I'm that smart bass that keeps going around it, you know? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah. That's some real world stuff, man. I love it. All the yeah, and those, those scenarios, you know, there's, uh, you know, a thousand of them. You know, yeah. where people, uh, you could have done either and you could have, because there maybe there's a more right answer or a less wrong answer, but make a call, understand why you made the call yeah. and stick to it. You know, yeah. like, yeah. like decide. Yeah. 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 That's huge. And I think, especially in that realm, you know, it's a much bigger deal because I feel like things are just, ha- it's like, it's like formula one, man. Like there's just so many more things, so many more choice points, so it's just you're doing security at a higher velocity than you are with a CEO or a corporate client. Yeah. Or you might think you're good because nothing's happened for a year, but nothing's really happened for a year because, you know, the itinerary is just so much less uh, high viz. It's so much less high friction. There's, yeah. You know, you can go to Starbucks with your client. No one cares. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so, you know, not having something happen can be taken, uh, mistaken as a sign of effectiveness or competence or even preparedness. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's easy to, yeah. And, you know, that brings a, a really good point that, uh, you know, we work in, a, in an industry where perfection is zero. Yeah. If you and I do our job flawlessly, nothing happens. Right. Right. How do you, how do you quantify that on a balance sheet? You know, like, how do you say I sold X amount of records or I did this or I pushed this or yeah. because we did this, our volume was better. You know, yeah. you can say why in theory you can speculate, you know, right. um, but really your worth uh, as a security person is really an insurance policy, right? You're the ultimate insurance policy. Not a unit production uh, shop, man. We are an insurance policy. Yeah. good to know and be able to articulate and explain as well. When yeah. the encounters come after you about once a year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They have a they have a yeah. And you know, that's a, that's a way where you, where you go, how do I bring value? You know, like in every detail, not just uh, celebrities or even at home, like how do I bring value to this situation, to what's happening here? Am I making it better? Uh, or am I ma- make the situation worse? Am I somebody that complains about the things that are provided for me? You know, like, oh, it's fucking cold deli tray again. Or am I, you know, like making a couple sandwiches for people? You know, like, who, who am I in this environment? Uh, one of the things that I do a lot is like, I'll audit our security hours, you know, because uh, security companies, God bless them, but they will do like shadow games and leap guys and, you know, 
you save 150 bucks, 200 bucks a night, you know, like that your client, by the end of a tour, you can quantify that because I ran this audit and these five things happened on this night and, you know, our canine uh, needed a standby. So we got a room for them in the venue that didn't cost us anything. And the canine didn't have to get another one because, you know, they have to take time off. And uh, so you start to play with these logistics and what things cost, right? So you go, I need a canine to do three sweeps uh, before the show that's $2,600, $5,000. But if you get a room for him and the dog can take his uh, uh, allotted break, yeah. right, then that's $1,500. Right. Right. So you find ways to add value uh, along the way of doing your job, protecting people, caregiving, you know, along the way you're doing other things to make people's lives a little bit easier. That's what brings value to people. Um, you know, but at the end of the day, you're there for one job. You're that final option, that that nuclear option on the belt, the insurance policy. You're there for security. Don't mistake it by saying, I'm going to go run off and do something. They have assistance. They have people that do those things. But in the context of you being around your people that, that you have to protect and prioritize, once you're around that core group, can you be helpful there? Can you be uh, a better assistant in some way? Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And hold on to those, we call them key performance indicators, you know, how yeah. much money did I save? You know, how many, how many doors did we lock this year or this quarter, or this month, how many different alarms did we deal with how many you know different things did we do to make the client stay productive and happy man yeah you yeah a spreadsheet with those things on it you can try to quantify your existence a little bit <laughs> yeah. and, and it does help it, it, yeah over time like you said over time you have 10 12 incidents where you can go back to and say do you remember that and they go oh yeah that did save us some money that did save us some money last time we didn't have that you know they they start to see that nothing happening is everything yeah, nothing happening is everything. Ooh, yeah, that's a one-liner. Yo, what would you say proudest moment in the field? Ooh, uh, we did uh, a show, and it's about Japan was a good one. Um, we had a lot of one-offs uh, or first, like we did Vietnam with a band that hadn't had anybody in Ho Chi Minh City uh, for like 20 years. Like that was pretty special. Um, we did uh, a rock album with Green Day called Bullet in a Bible. And we did the show filmed uh, at Milton Keynes in the UK. We basically set up that entire event. Uh, that was pretty special. Like that was the first time uh, I saw site maps where I got to design and lay out. I'm like, I want my bathrooms here and I want my buses here, you know, and the guy's working on the cat and it comes up on the cat. I thought that was really neat. Um, uh, proudest moments, man, is when, uh, I feel like when I've saved people's lives, uh, there's plenty of times where I put hands on people and I feel ashamed, you know, that I couldn't find a way like, uh, yeah. you know, uh, it's almost a failure, you know, when you don't do it right. Uh, when you have to put hands, but man, you, you, you get somebody breathing again. Uh, that's a pretty special feeling. Yeah, man. And you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. And these, these concerts and shows, man, that type of stuff happens. A lot yeah. of stuff going on at these events. Yeah. Um, and you know, that's, that's, uh, uh, here in the U.S., you know, you have numbers where you say for every uh, thousand people, I need one medic. You know, yeah. you don't have that in Russia. You don't have that in Vietnam. You know, like like they, they're grounding wires right next to the stage and you can trip over a 440 ground. You know, like they just yeah. do things different. You know, it's just a different thing. Yeah. I mean, we've had we've had uh, balconies collapse. And yeah. On the yeah. And yeah. Buildings. 
absolute carnage, man. Yeah. yeah. Stuff can get crazy real quick. Yeah. If I was looking for a, a bouncer in the game, do you have anyone that you'd nominate? Somebody who like knows oh. that? I uh, figured I'd ask you. I'm looking for somebody who can just talk about the bouncing. Because <laughs> I just want to dig into that. Yeah. I mean, I did it for a long time in college. Uh, yeah. Like I worked, uh, like I said, all the clubs in the Bay Area uh, yeah. uh, uh, in L.A. But there was a great guy in the Bay Area. Uh, I actually don't talk to anymore. Uh, that was a solid, solid bouncer. Uh, yeah. This got a, And we worked together for a while. Uh, good dude. But uh, yeah, the bouncing again, it's an interesting it's a different thing because uh, uh, you have cops that are there. Right. Yeah. But if they file a report. Uh, the club gets too many reports. They don't get their liquor license renewed, you know? So you have to Line, you gotta walk. balance, you know, like you're not a cop. So you're not arresting every drunk. You know, you can't do that because every one of those counts against you. And pretty quickly right. the club gets shut down or you get their 47 pulled. Uh, it, uh, it's a balancing act, man. I don't know how people do it now. Like I did it uh, pre, pre cell phone camera. Yeah. Uh, beepers and uh uh sprint pcs like i remember i had a, a sprint pcs phone you know so i'm i'm dating myself a little bit uh but uh yeah uh with with the way doing for everything and you know guys yeah. getting scrapped and just get up and walk away and they're fine with it you know <laughs> i had a guy i had a guy put me in a jujitsu hold it was amazing oh, no. it was so good. i was like don't i'm like don't and he's like he he locked up and then he came down and in his mind he only grapples right but yeah. in my mind your face is right there and my fist is right here you know and it was like <laughs> clank and he late like he's laying on the ground yeah. trying something and i just leaned over him like he's holding my hand and just just Dude, and, him like, and he just laid out and i'm like you know you like you get a guy you get him in a hole and then he'll tap i'm like we're not on the mat yeah man different we're not tapping yeah, I'm no, like, there's no tapping, you know, what I want you to do. Yeah. Good stuff, man. What would you say? Uh, uh, da, 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 favorite quote mantra saying. Nobody cares. Work harder. Yeah. Yes. That's one of my favorite ones. I love that one. Yeah, man. man. Nobody Kill cares. It. Yeah. No one cares. Work harder. That's Perfect. it. Yeah. So good. Uh, how would, let's see here. Habit that um, you think makes people better, better protectors, a habit that you think people should look into? Taking care of yourself. Yeah. You know, protectors end up putting themselves, yeah, uh, uh, they put everybody ahead of themselves. And like we talked about before, if you're not hydrated, if your nutrition isn't there, if you're not getting enough protein, if you're not getting enough sleep, you can't be observant. You can't react to things, you know. Uh, take care of yourself first. That's the most important thing. If you're squared away, then you'll be able to do the things that help everybody else. But if you're not squared away, and I think maybe one of the best things is do something uncomfortable every day, something that makes you uncomfortable, whatever that is. For me, like uh, at its simplest core, I, I like Wim Hof, you know, the, the ice therapy and stuff. Yeah, so uh, I do uh, 30, the last 30 seconds of my shower is ice cold oh. and it catches your breath and it's uncomfortable as fuck. Uh, and you start, you know, breathing differently and you get out and you're like, well, that was different. You know, it's an experience. So the next day it's 45 seconds pretty quickly. And most of your shower is ice cold and that uncomfortable thing becomes the routine. Right. Right. Well, and you strengthen your autonomic nervous system. You learn how yeah. to stress. 
Uh, it's yeah. extremely, extremely healthy for you. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's one of those things that people keep bringing up when I ask this question. And I just ain't got, <laughs> just haven't got the gumption to do. I hate cold. And I tell you that the toughest is uh. when, you, when you get there and you're like, how much more? And then like, you go, fuck it, I'll go all the way. And then it's warm for a second and then it just, it just hits oh. you. Yeah. <laughs> now, have you ever done uh, really? liquid nitrogen? Like the, those cold tanks? Yes, I did do a cold tank actually. It really helped me out quite a bit. Yeah. Was the same type of thing was really good for just being like, hey, really stress inoculation is, is what I really took away yeah. from it, man. It was so good yeah. for me to get reminded of things that I got reminded of in Marine Corps training, which is just, hey, man, here we go. You, you're, you're feeling less, but you got to yeah. breathe. You're not yeah. going to die. Yeah. Breathe. Yeah. Stay calm. And then yeah. it really helps you deal with stress, man. Yeah. Um, it's mental. A lot of it. And again, it goes back to the three gun, you know, like uh, this has to happen right now. Like yep. you have to perform on the buzzer right now. And like, you know, you're on a squad of 10, 12 guys that the, the, uh, the rotation is mixed up. That's uncomfortable. You know, like you go, Oh shit, I'm not ready. I don't have my, uh, uh, you know, now you're out of your head game. Yeah. The way you walk the stage isn't the same, you know, like, man, I could, I could refer everything back to three gun. <laughs> oh, that's good. It's value. You, you know, they think we do these things for these, like I work out, you work out because you want to be Jack. Mm. No, you do, you do these shooting competitions because you want to be like a gunfighter. It's like, yeah, I mean, it's got something to do with it. But I get so much more mentally, emotionally, even spiritually from these disciplines. Yeah, absolutely. Life, the spiritual, I think it's it's something you touched on that is is yeah. yeah people don't think about it, but uh, you walk away happy. Like like yeah. you you see my videos, I watch your videos. You know, yeah, when you turn around, are you frowning or gleaming when you're shooting? You know, you're yeah, that's yeah. that is a face of joy. Yeah, when you nailed that shot, how long was that shot with your pistol? fifty yards? Fifty yeah, yards on a on a four by six, like a G too. It's in the video, you guys. You guys got to check out that review. Oh, that's that's so good. I couldn't have done that twice, two out of ten times. If I had, if you asked me to do it again and the yeah. I wasn't running, but yeah, and it was like I forget. Was it a bad round that came out of your gun, or we're testing a round, or something yeah, happened? It was like something didn't pop, and you were like, "Oh, let me just throw it in here and see if it goes." Yeah, it's like, yeah, fuck. Ding. And I was like, my man. And then you turned around with that glow, you know. Glow. That's that, that's that pure joy. That's the face yeah. of pure joy right there. That's good stuff. I love it. And then our last question here. Uh, what's it all for, man? How would you like to be remembered at the end of the day? That helped. You made the world a little bit better. You know, like if I uh if I help an artist get on stage and it it, it connected to some kid in the crowd that really needed to hear that song that day you know i, I worked for a band that uh, people would come up all the time like uh, i would have died i'd be dead today if i if it wasn't for your music your music saved me this song did this for me i i am better for this because of that song i have no connection to that song i didn't help i didn't do whatever i stood outside the door while the guys recorded it you know like i literally had nothing to do with it but in some way they said Meddy's outside and we're good. So we can relax and think about this, you know, and the feeling that you can give somebody and say, you can go to sleep tonight. Everything's going to be okay. That's beautiful, man. That's meaningful. That's yeah. good stuff. I love it. And then what are you up to these days and where can people find you, brother? 
SoCal Vegan. Uh, I'm doing mostly uh, right now working on the house. Uh, I've got two tours coming up, actually. Uh, you know, post-COVID, it's an interesting world. I've got one artist that uh, wants to pretend like it didn't happen, and they don't care what we have to do. And then we'll do whatever the local municipality tells us. And I've got one artist that wants to do thermal scanning for everybody that comes in, you know, and so doing two, two polar uh, advances at the same time and keeping those clients happy. Like, like, look, no problem. We'll do what the venue tells us and nothing else. And this guy's like, I want it to like this. And I want to scan everybody that's near me. And we can do that too. It's not about uh, it's uh, you know, you can get it fast easy and cheap but you can't get all three i forget like production managers have a great saying and i destroyed it but it's like you can get two out of the three you can't get all three you know you can get it cheap and fast or cheap and easy but you can't get it you know uh so yeah i think for me uh uh it became one of those things uh where you keep the client happy figure out what they want to do but uh in the downtime during covid uh a lot of my clients a lot of production people a lot of tour people were like hey i need a gun or I need to figure out how to shoot, or I have a gun, uh, and I don't know what to do, right? Um, and then I had some folks that, uh, uh, in the tech world, because I, again, lived in the Bay Area for a while, uh, they've got security people, they've got details, and uh, their guys don't have experience, or they don't have a skill set for a very specific application. So I had a guy call me from a, a tech company and said, look, we want to do a, a vehicle drill, uh, we want to do a two-man uh, uh, execution drill, like a couple of very basic things. And like, we, we've never done those things. We've never moved like that, but we've never had people shoot at us before. Um, and so we basically put a syllabus together and said, this is how I would do it. And they're like, great, can you do that for us? Uh, yeah. Yeah, you know, and, and it becomes very much like doing it for the millionaire, you know, musicians or celebrities. Yeah. I can make that happen. Of course, there's a budget and you can get it cheap and you can get it easy or you can get it fast, you know, and most of them opt for, you know, they want it fast and they don't care if it's cheap, you know, because tech has a little bit more money. Uh, yeah. So I've been doing some classes for them, uh, for their guys and just doing uh, it's really just tactics and training. Uh, it's uh, I don't even advertise it. Uh, honestly, it's a funny thing in this world. Uh, I haven't had a, a business card in 20, 15, 18 years, you know, um, I don't, I don't have to, I don't, uh, it's a good place to be. I don't have to reach out to people because they know of me or people know of me or somebody has worked with me and they're like, let's check with him or let's bounce it off him. And that's in the security world. And it's also in the medical world. And, and with post COVID, a lot of people are asking, what would you do for this? And I'm like, here's the advance that I would do. And I've given it out to enough people that I think I'm just going to throw it up on LinkedIn and yeah. just, just so that people have, you know, uh, you know, security guys hold this stuff, you know, to their chest. And I'd rather just, you know, let people be safe, find a, find an easier way. Ryan and I talked about this at length too. Like we know so much, it's almost, uh, it's not wrong, but it, it benefits people. Yeah. yeah. Share, share a little bit. Yeah, no, I love that, man. That's awesome. And that's what you're all about, man. I remember, I'll never forget, man. I was, I think I got a last minute call. You've always just been a solid dude, man. Good dude credit. And that's why you've never needed a, a, a you've never needed a business card because it gets around, man. That stuff comes back. I appreciate it. I had it. a detail, man, y'all. I had a detail and I was like at the wire trying to get somebody on this thing. And I'm like, I'm calling everybody in the book. I remember I called many like, yo, do you know anybody who can help me with this thing? And yeah. 
It's not like glorious. It's not paying extravagant. But yeah. That's what I got, you know, anyone who can help. You're like, yo, I'll take it. I'm like, really? <laughs> and he came and held me down, man. And it was just like, <laughs> just like an entry level situation, man. And he just, he stood in for me, man. I couldn't be there. I couldn't get anyone on it because it was a, a last minute yeah. five ball, man. And I learned a little bit, you know, every, every class I take, every detail I work, I learn, I try to take something away and yeah. be better for the next time. So the next time I show up at that one or a similar one, uh, I have an understanding. And I learned, like I said, it, for me, it was uh, as much uh, a learning opportunity as anything else helping you out. I was happy to do it. Hey, that's the mindset, man. I appreciate you. Man. Thank you so much for spending. Thank you, Byron. This, this episode is so good. It's so good. good. I'm glad, man. Hey, listen, this is my first podcast too. So uh, yeah. for me, it's uh, it's a fun one and uh, I'm excited to, to be able to do it with you. Heck I'm yeah, glad man. we got to go shooting, man. I feel like that made that made the uh, the context of what we were talking about and stress factors and stuff. It made it real because I remember at one point, I'm like, did he walk by those steel targets? I'm like, because in my mind, I'm like, you're the man, you know, like, you know what you're doing. I'm like, man, he blew by those steels. I'm like, like, not that I got you. I was like, bazinga, you know, but I was like, ah, I got you, bitch. You know, I was excited that I got you. And uh, I was like, what happened? You're like, and you knew, like, like, to your credit, you came over, you turned around, I didn't get those steel targets. I was like, I know, but let's do it again. You're processing so much more, man. And it's like stretching out those little chinks in your armor, processing things. And it's good because, you know, you'll be in a real world situation and it'll be bullet time because your mind yeah. is already efficient yeah. to solve high quality problems at a high velocity while you're dealing with your yeah. mind. Yeah. It. Yeah. And that's how you get better. You got to put yourself in these places where it's, it's uncomfortable. Like, yeah. 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 I, drive, I, I drive sports cars. I drive Formula One cars. But we're going to get in the jet today. So yeah. uh, hopefully you bring your A game. You're like, okay, so let's see how I do. You know? Yeah. That's the game. yeah. Thanks again, brother. Well, I appreciate you, man. And uh, that's where we'll clip the podcast. Thank you very much for your time, brother. Thank you, Byron. I appreciate you, man. Thank you. Yeah. Boom. All right. Yo, if you're a private security professional wanting to take your game to the next level, go to executiveprotectiontrainingday.com to check out my personal success package for private security professionals. Check it out, executiveprotectiontrainingday.com. And remember, y'all, hard skills do save lives, but soft skills get you paid. Boom. Boom. And to support this podcast, go to executiveprotectionlifestyle.com and contribute to our Patreon account. That Patreon account is what helps me make this podcast possible, contributing to this brand, what we're doing here, making it so that I can bring better guests on, making it so that we can plan more events and just expand the contribution to the private security industry and also to make an America a safer place. Do whatever you can, contribute whatever you can because it makes all of these things possible. Thanks for those contributions. Yo, and before we go, you know I got a shout out to the sponsors, starting out with Primary Weapon Systems, PWS. They truly are the evolution of the rifle. Use Byron for 10% off. Gray Man and Company, the most comfortable tactical suits in the game. Use Byron for 10% off with them. Until the next podcast, this is Byron Rogers, protected by nature and by trade. Out.